ladies and gentlemen, for one of the best sports podcasts in the business, subscribe on YouTube to Shaky Sports Journeys. Hi and welcome to another episode of Shaky Sports Journeys. Uh, great guest for you today. Um, I welcome to the show um, England Disability Football Internationalist. Azim Amir. And just before I, I welcome him, I just want to explain to you um, Brother Azim's uh, disability, which is that he is blind in one eye and light perception in the other. Um, so we'll talk to him a bit more about that. But I say, Salaam Alaikum, brother. Welcome to the show. Walek Salaam. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. We have a mutual friend. We have a mutual friend from Sunny Rochdale, uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, so I think you do a bit of training with him. He's a neighbour of mine. He he went to the same high school as me. Uh, I think he's a few years, maybe three or four years um, older than me, uh, but literally lives around the corner, less than a minute walk. And and um, I I followed his his boxing kind of career and his struggle and now his success quite closely, you know, over social media. And and our paths would occasionally cross at the gym or you know at the at the, the local mosque or just you know just. Uh, around the local area and and I never kind of uh, thought actually you know it would be a great opportunity to to utilize someone who is also um you know training at the top of his game or at the top of his sport to to help uh, help me train and keep fit especially over lockdown and and that's when I uh, I dropped him a little message over facebook and uh, and then we started uh, to do some training together some running through some through some uh, pretty interesting weathers uh, that was for sure it was a uh, early January and um you know it was absolutely hammering it down with snow and ice but you know we were we were out running in the on the roads and you know it was, it was a great time and and uh and he really helped me and I think I helped him as well so uh win-win. Brilliant glad to hear it um both inspiring young men you know you are um flying the flag um you know you've not let your disability hold you down you've become an international football player Muhammad Ali has bashed down the barriers as well um, to become the first diabetic type one diabetic boxer, professional boxer. So very proud of uh, proud of your achievements. Want to now touch on your childhood, where you grew up, um, a little bit about your family background, and also a little bit more about the challenges you faced with your disability when you were uh, when you were born and when you were growing up. Yeah, so uh, the condition that I have is called ocular auricular syndrome, and. Um, it was a condition from birth and it affects the development of the eyes. Uh, so when I was born, I was kind of born with an eye condition that many weren't aware of uh, at the time, but the kind of the doctors and the ophthalmologists knew that there was uh, something that wasn't too right, um, but they didn't know the severity or, or kind of what level of sight I had or, you know, what the actual condition was at the time they just knew there was something wrong so through many procedures operations and, and appointments with the uh, Manchester Royal Eye Hospital and, and the team of, of um, ocular surgeons there they they were fantastic in trying to uh, you know I guess I guess do whatever they could to, to salvage any site that I could I could or I had and um, and yeah they, they did a, the best that they could but the condition that I had means that I've got no sight in my right eye and I can pick up on uh, light shadows and shapes um kind of from a distance in my in my left so I can kind of see that something's there but so I struggle with detail um but yeah so it's a condition I had since birth and uh, I was the first child so for my parents and my family it was a, a, a massive kind of learning curve anyway but with with the condition that I had it was even more of a 
challenge and uh, an interesting time. But um, Alhamdulillah, you know, we were supported really well by so many individuals from the local authority to, um, you know, doctors and specialists in the field who uh, gave them the support and the guidance they needed to give me the the best opportunities to allow me to to live um, a quote-unquote normal life slash the best I could do with the site or with the, the condition I had and and yeah and, and kind of that early mindset really then was ingrained into me as I started to get older and went through uh, a, a mainstream school and not a specialist school so I was the only person with a disability going through mainstream school um, uh, at the time so yeah it was a challenge but again I had some great people around me some great teaching assistants and and that was a pattern that was followed kind of throughout primary school high school college and, and university and now with my do my uh, my master's wow um you you strike me as a a very determined young man from the way you're you know you've 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 come through your life the fact that you went to normal school you didn't you didn't go to a specialist school i think you know from an early from an early time in life you were always you were always determined that i'm, I'm going to live as normal a life as is possible and the disability is not going to hold me back but you know, and that that shows and what you've gone on to do with your life. You mentioned your parents. How did what you know? How did they? Were they? Did they? Were they? Were they? Were they picking things up as they went along? Um, and and how how did they adjust things at home and stuff like that? Was it was it was it quite? Was it must have been a tough time. Yeah, of course. You know, for them, obviously, uh, I can't really recall, but from from kind of speaking with individuals and them and, and my family that you know they were they were very determined to kind of put things in place that uh, didn't make me feel any different because I had cousins of a very similar age who were young you know born two months before two months after me and and kind of it was a it was actually that that really encouraged me because you know Janaid and Rida they were they were ultimately going through their childhood and their early stages of life and and why should I have been any any different and it was little things like you know certain toys I, I couldn't see so I didn't know were there so certain stimulative toys with lights or that made sounds were more kind of for me to be able to pick them up and to be able to play with them um so yeah it was things like that 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 kind of little little changes and and you know maybe, i guess a lot of it was vocal because obviously I couldn't see what was around me so a lot of the support that i had you know wasn't like come and look at this or you know here's this it was more like you know speaking with me and 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 yeah so across my family that was that was fantastic and the support that they had from the, the local authority with with those in the north specialists and in the in the kind of supporting of young individuals and, and children with a visual impairment uh, the additional needs service in Rochdale they were fantastic from kind of the column habilitation officers who help uh, kind of with that sensory early sensory kind of perception and getting make sure that the young young individual with a visual impairment is as kind of switched on I guess to, to what's around them and, and yeah so that was fantastic and and ultimately that determination I actually think that I'm quite lucky because you know I was born with a disability so I know no different but there's individuals who acquire a disability later in life through an accident or through through genetics or through through just life in general and and for them it's a bigger challenge I think because they went from sight to no sight or a no condition to an impairment whereas for me I was born with it so I had to just learn how to live my life this way amazing um uh, it's uh, very inspiring um, to, to listen to you and, and and the fact that you've uh, 
you've gone on and you mentioned there in the last 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 that last part we were talking about you've ended up achieving and you're now doing your masters so what what is it you what is it you went on to study uh, i'm doing sports management at uh, salford university and i did a similar degree uh, and now just doing my masters so halfway through uh, looking forward to kind of getting this done and out of the way and it's uh, I guess it's managing managing my studies and uh, again great supportive network and great individuals who help to to kind of keep on top of that especially with everything that I do extracurricular. Oh, unbelievable unbelievable mashallah I'm, I'm just didn't go to university lazy should have should have put more effort in and it's 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 uh, it's inspiring that you've uh, you're, you're going on and you're achieving such greatness and that, that's just the tip of the iceberg football how did football when did when did that interest come so i kind of i've always had a, a had a kind of a passion for football and sport but for me kind of access was accessibility was a bit of a challenge due to kind of the teachers or or the sports coaches or PE teachers not having the know on how to fully integrate uh, a person with a visual impairment as part of a mainstream session or a setting so you know they didn't know that there were sound balls that existed they didn't know that you know there were certain ways to to communicate or certain sports or games for someone specifically with a visual impairment so it was a bit of a you know i i, I was I had a passion for sport i had a passion for for for, for that exercise and the camaraderie that comes with team sport and team games but i was never really fully able to access them um so yes football you know i, I was as i was growing up you know it, it was the talk of the class on a monday morning after the weekend's games and um you know you're slowly hearing about players and and uh, you know i still remember you know when my, my real first recollection of a sporting thing that happened was uh, ronaldo's transfer to real madrid for something like 80 odd million and and that was a massive thing at that time um you know it was, it was you know ronaldo leaving man united was was just absolutely huge world news and and i just remember that and and yeah it was it was it was kind of there in my early days of, of are you a manchester manchester united fan i am i'm a united fan but i'm i'm a i i call myself a lover of good football i i i enjoy watching good teams play and 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 good players and, and their ethic and and good managers and the tactics and i enjoy uh, i enjoy good games so when did you start you know, you've mentioned it wasn't that easy to, it wasn't very accessible in early stages. When did that opportunity, what age were you when you started finding a route for yourself to go to play football? Uh, at the age of kind of 15, 16, uh, kind of in high school, there were these uh, days put on by the local authority to give those with a disability in the local community an opportunity to to try a sport or to try a, to take up a or to showcase them a sport that may be able to that was specifically made for them and and that is when you know things like wheelchair sports boxer or or other impairments specific specific sports and that's when i came across you know someone said you know there's a, a ball that makes a sound and and they, they you know you wear a blindfold and that's how you you play the blind football and i gave it a little go and at first i was a bit um, you know, unsure as to how the sport would actually work in game and, and whether it just be would be people who couldn't see just smashing into each other or whatever. But actually it wasn't it wasn't like that. It was a very technical, tactical and elite sport. And and I slowly then started to take it up as a hobby, started to play for a local club, um, started to train and and just recreationally and just to get the 
the skill set that you need where you have no sight at all you're, you're wearing a blindfold so it's limited uh, you're limited to just relying on your ears um, and then your orientation skills your confidence your trust your, your balls manipulation you know there's so many skills that come with it. I genuinely believe it's the hardest sport in the world for those reasons where actually you know there's no one holding your hand when you're on the pitch you're solely reliant on yourself and and yeah so that's how kind of blind football that's how I came into it and the sport itself is a five-a-side sport with four outfield players who will wear the blindfold so they have a form of visual impairment wearing the blindfold means that everybody's equal um the ball will make a sound uh because it's got ball bearings in the panels uh the goalkeeper is fully sighted uh, we play on a fireside pitch with boards going down the side to keep the ball in play and one of our coaches will stand behind the goal that we're sh- shooting towards and he will then i guess be that person that vocalist that audible tannoy to help guide us to where the goal is and we use his voice to know where the goal is and, and apart from that he's played from a grassroots level all the way up to olympic level well it's um it's quite amazing so you how is it? You must. You must find the fact that your 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 eyes. You've got your your disability with your with your vision. Your 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 hearing is it is it even is it even stronger than is it stronger than say somebody else's hearing? And please excuse my ignorance with any question I ask. It's just because you will really have to use the the hearing more than than anybody. That must be so. That's so important. Um. Is that the case? Is your hearing really, really strong? I'd say, um, you know, it, it, it kind of hearing as well as your, your brain. I think, you know, hearing is, is, is very, a bit more, you know, you're reliant on it a bit more. You can pick up on things that you would see with your eyes, with your ears, because you train yourself throughout yeah. your life daily, day to day. You know, you, you're hearing for when the, where the, where the beeper is to cross the road at the traffic light, you're hearing for for when your card pops out of the machine because you can't see it. You know, you're you're using these skills day in, day out. Um, so I guess, you know, you hear, you hear it is a bit more tweaked in terms of uh, attentiveness. But um, I actually think it's your brain, which is more uh, focused on on picking up on specific sounds, uh, specific instructions and, and specific kind of sounds in terms of like, what's going on around you, your orientation, your brain is kind of painting the picture. Your brain is the pathway to allow your ears to paint the picture because your eyes can't see. And I think your brain is, has to be really switched on to, to help to help that. And I guess those who then, you know, it, it is a trend where if you, if you do really well academically or outside of football in terms of where you're independently living, you're, you've got a job or you're, you're integrated well within society and, and you're succeeding, those are the individuals that will do well on the football pitch because they learn them life skills, which will then transfer onto the pitch. How did you get to play for? How did the opportunity to play for England come about? How, how long ago was that? And you know, who were you playing for to get spotted to get that opportunity? So I was playing for um, Merseyside as a county uh, in the domestic English league, um, and it was there when. I kind of made my debut through them and, and they trained me to a standard of, you know, the training in blind football or in individual training is so different to the game, the physicality of a game, the speed, the noise level, the craziness, you know, it's hard to replicate that until you only experience it. Um, so that's when, you know, I started playing at a league level and it was fantastic because actually it was a big, big learning curve and 
someone new, 17, 18, coming into open open age football, playing against England internationals. It was a, a real challenge as well and a real uh, you know, learning curve for myself. And, and that then developed onto me slowly establishing myself as a, a regular in the team, as a league player. And then, you know, I'm, even though I'm still young, I'm still, still in my early stages of my career, uh, I had to learn quick to be able to adapt to different situations that were happening on the pitch. And it was learning as, as, I, as I went on. And it was there where I was seen by some of the England coaches who recognised some potential in me being able to play potentially for my country and going through a, a talent ID programme. And, and that's what I was put on. Uh, I spent a few years on that, attending camps, attending, um, you know, conditioning sessions, attending attending uh, development stage and procedures you know for for new players and, and emerging talent camps and and would yeah that's kind of where it started and then I was fast-tracked onto um you know being given, given the the honor and the opportunity to go up to St George's Park to train with the first team and and there you know one of the world's best facilities where uh you know everything is provided for you you know you've got a Hilton Hotel on site got every uh strength and conditioning gym or equipment piece of equipment you could think of uh, recovery, everything is honestly unbelievable. You look after it so well. One of the best, some of the best pitches in the world are there. And, um, you know, we were there alongside the first team and, and you know, your likes of Harry Kane, Rashford, Sterling, you know, they were they were there alongside us. And, and it was amazing to know that, you know, you're, you're at that level of where you were training with the, the at the pinnacle of your country's sport. Um, and, and yeah, so I started training decided to improve really dedicated a lot of time and effort I uh, was supported by some amazing coaches who helped me along the way psychologists medics um, and then slowly the, I guess you know hard work slowly started to pay off and then I started to develop as a in my body in terms of my strength and conditioning and and then I was given the opportunity to go out to Japan where I made my debut and and ever since then over the last two years or so um, I, I have the honour of, of playing all around the world in lots and lots of different countries um, and, and on a contract and training and playing football day in, day out, what people dream of. Incredible, incredible. Very, very proud of you. That's, uh, that's wonderful. So what's, what, are you, what are you good at? What's your attribute? You're quick. Have you got, are you, good, are you a striker? Are you a midfielder? What, what's, your, what's your role? So with five-a-side, it's, it's quite an intense game you know it's not your normal 11 side football it's it's very quick sharp uh and very very kind of sprint based so i guess my uh my, my long legs you know i'm six foot one and 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 the legs really do uh kind of come in play when i when i'm covering distance and uh they're quite good for wrapping around when i'm when i'm going in for tackles you know got some big levers which uh <laughs> somehow can can uh can pick up on a ball and, and nick it from from an attacker. So, I, I actually play a midfield position, so I kind of get, get an opportunity to to go forward, but also uh, defend. And and I guess that position is good for me because I guess you know I'm I'm quite intellectual, so actually my understanding and reading of the game is quite quite good. So I can kind of think about what's going to happen one or two passes before they've actually happened, so I can get myself ready. Um, and I guess with experience, I'll be able to then. You know, make sure my body positions right. Making sure my brain can be backed up by my body and, and by my football ability to to read the game, cut it out, and then make something happen. And physically, as I develop my speed, my stamina, my strength, I'll I'll hopefully then be able to integrate myself as a as a first team impact player who can be relied on to to you know really turn up in the the big moments when it matters. Yeah, 
What are the big? Um, you, did you mention the Olympics earlier? This is an Olympic sport. Yeah, so uh, so we're actually in prep now. We missed out on on Tokyo, so we're actually in prep now for for Paris twenty four, and and the run into that is very intense, and and some amazing opportunities along the way with European Championships, the World Championships in in the UK, which is also you know home games, which is also a qualifier for Paris twenty twenty four. So so we're really excited in 2022, 2023 and 24 ahead. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's up to myself and my teammates to really commit, dedicate and, and push, push the, our limits to, to be able to, you know, give ourselves the best chance. Exciting times indeed. How many people are in the, uh, the England squad? You mentioned it's five or six. So how many get picked for? How many are in the contention if you qualify for the Olympics? How many would be going? So we have a team of 10, uh, 10 outfield, uh, so eight outfield, two goalkeepers. So, um, but you know, it's it's quite a a small pool of players. So you've got to to really make sure you're at the top of your game. And even when you go to a tournament, let's say you are in the squad, and I've been in many squads now already uh, at young age. It's, it's about not just being you know like a tracksuit warmer. You want to be a player on the pitch, or you want to be actually making an impact, not just there to make up a number. No, no, that's the, the the right attitude to have. I like your I like your mindset. Nobody likes to be bench warming, um. So I'd imagine everybody's pushing each other for places, which is only going to make your side stronger. Um, and and I wish you all the very best in qualifying for the Olympics. We'll be uh keeping fingers crossed and hopefully we'll get to see you there. Um, something I really wanted to talk to you about is let's go back to the start of lockdown. A lot of people, um, life changed dramatically at the start of lockdown. And it certainly changed quite a bit for you as well because you launched um, a new kind of business idea that you have, which is called Learn with ESS, which is a disability awareness and team cohesion business. Tell me about that. So as I was developing on the pitch off it, that slowly, I slowly began to began to gather some form of platform uh, within kind of, um, I guess, society, I guess. And, and, and that was all to do with how my, my passion was to, be able to help people better understand disability and and uh, through that I was being given opportunities to do things like public speaking you know to be given the, the opportunity and the honour to do a TED talk um, give, being given uh, the chance and and uh, to work with big brands big sports brands such as like Nike and um, Pro Direct Sports Direct and and really really huge worldwide brands uh, and and I was very fortunate then to take part in campaigns around how we can change the way people think about disability and and actually for you know the best way that I think people can do that is through experiencing a day in the life of someone with a disability and and for them to put themselves in in their shoes and then be able to really you know use that experience as a way to to engage in conversation as to how the mainstream can better support those with a disability and, and that's what I set myself out to do and working alongside the University of Salford and, and, and Santander and the launch business incubator there they, they helped to turn that idea into a reality um, you know some great support from the likes of the Growth Hub uh, in Manchester and, and we slowly began to to package this up where you know the who who you know the, the individuals that will be tomorrow's teachers doctors dentists are today's students so why not give them an opportunity to to try these workshops and that's what they are so learn with ESS stands for education sport and speaking as a workshop based program which goes in uh, and delivers disability awareness training but in a, a really fun interactive and practical way 
we we aim to not just teach people about disability but to give them a, a team building experience to develop all the skills they need to do well at life uh, that's your communication your teamwork your listening your trust your confidence um, and and we use kind of education based activities such as group exercises around things like braille sign language autism awareness invisible disability awareness um, to kind of get a conversation going in the classroom we then go into the sports hall and they get a chance to try a Paralympic sport uh, where they're doing something practical such as blind football, goalball, boxer and other team building sports to actually try wearing the blindfold, see what it's like to live as a person with a vision impairment and then we, we introduce the sport and they, they get a chance to train and play a game uh, to then when they take that blindfold off they watch highlights of a Paralympic level standard game and they can really see you know what what these elite disabled individuals are achieving at the pinnacle of their sport um, and then we top the top the day off or the afternoon or morning off with a with a talk but that's a speaking uh, by a, a, ro a local role model with the aim to motivate them and leave them with some form of inspiration and, and that three-step program we try and roll out uh, to those in education from school to university staff to students um, to sports clubs, recreational and professional, and also corporate uh, organisations. And, um, you know, we've, we've been launched for, we piloted for 12 months throughout the lockdown, uh, phasing in and out of face-to-face -face and online workshops. And now we're, we're more or less all fully fully face-to-face uh, -face with a team of six to eight coaches who go in and deliver alongside myself when I can. And, uh, yeah, we try and add as much value to, to today's young people to, to lead to a hopefully a more unified future. Wow, sounds like an absolutely fantastic um, initiative you've got going there. How have you been, have you got good good support, good funding in place that this can be a long-term long -term thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, that is the, the plan to, to make this sustainable, to, to make sure that as we grow, we, we have strong foundations to make this financially viable, but also, uh, to make sure we can add as much value as we can to as many individuals as we can, and and that's the the premise of the program, with the hope that that will that will you know continue throughout time and and over the over the months and years, and and we we've had some great responses so far from the local area of, of within the northwest and Greater Manchester, where I'm based, but also already further and wider than that uh, from all sorts of different parts of the country. So the the hope is we can really you know get this model out there, get these workshops out there and, and add as much value to to the participants that take part as possible and, and leave them with a life-lasting experience. What's the general feedback been like so far from the from the people that have tried and tested it? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, if anything, you know, it's the, the premise of it is to make sure we have a good laugh, to have that fun, that excitement, trying something new. Uh, and alongside all the skills that come with it, you know, it's, it's, it's great to really give young people and, and our participants an opportunity to do something that they've never been given the opportunity to do. Um, and also, you know, the, the experience itself is something that will stay with them for a long time, but some, some, uh, some great, some great testimonials and, and feedback uh, pieces so far. And, and we hope that word of mouth and marketing and advertising and social media and, and within the schools and within the colleges and the sports clubs and, and hopefully the, the SMEs and the businesses, it will slowly kind of come into something really, really kind of uh, fought and, and, and fought after and, and people really want, you know, that the value that the programme can give because it's a, it's a fantastic programme and, and hopefully people 
only when they experience it or hear someone who's experienced it uh, find out that actually it's it's such a worthwhile thing to do. I think um, um, it's wonderful. If there's anything I can do to help you, uh, we can. We, we've obviously in touch with each other now. So I'm from lovely Scotland. If Scotland was a market, you know, you wanted to to try and develop into, I'm sure we could we could get some introductions and get some because it's such a. It just sounds like a a fantastic thing. I would love to love to take part myself and and, and go through the experience one day. Maybe it might not happen in Scotland. Maybe I need to come down and experience it more down down your your neck of the woods. But look, it's it's wonderful. You know, how, how old are you again, Azim? We've been talking so long, I forgot what you said at the start. Uh, I've just turned 22 this week, so... 22-year-old man. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've done things in your life already that some people don't ever achieve in their life. Um, so here is an example right here, right now, that disability is a disability. Um, and there is ways and means that you can do something with yourself. But I'll let you give that answer that, you know, what's your advice to anybody out there, you know, with whatever disability it may well be, there's lots of different disabilities. What's, what's your, what's your solid words to them? I think I'd, I'd say, you know, people, um, some people acquire a form of challenge. That challenge may be a disability. It may be through a, a loss in their family. It may be through a loss of employment or some bad luck or, you know, things happen in life, but, the way in which we respond to them some things are out of our control but what we can control is the way we we respond to them and and you know it's the outlook that we have that positive mental attitude and that positivity towards anything that happens in life that you know is is negative or something that we think is negative but actually we start flipping it and thinking about it as a positive side and and, and then going out and trying to achieve everything you can if not more like i generally believe I'm, I'm more fortunate than so many others in the world because, you know, I've, I've got a vision impairment, but there's some people that are going through po severe poverty, you know, that they can't, they're struggling to get food, water. Some people are, have uh, got a severe physical impairments to struggle to walk, struggle to feed themselves. Whereas like me, I, you know, I live a, a perfectly normal life. I just struggle to see. And, and I actually think, you know, looking on that side of things, how lucky I am to be in the position that I am and 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 it's just that that I guess that coming back to that humbleness of actually realizing you know things can be taken away from us in an instant so taking nothing nothing for granted um so yeah that that would be the way that I kind of look at it but also to to ensure people take up every opportunity that they get an, uh, a chance to do and and that might you might think it's you know an adventurous pursuit or a sport or a hobby or an experience and it, you know that at the end of the day you know this is a, a massive thing for me you won't look back and, and think about some an opportunity that you had that you never took up you'll, you'll ultimately only remember the things that you have done and the memories that you have made and, and the lessons and the experiences that you have come across with and you can only do that if you take up an opportunity and and take that risk or take that jump or leap don't think I can add anything else onto that. It's, a, it's, it's just it's wonderful, wonderful advice. You've uh, you've touched my heart listening to you for this last hour. Um, I can be a bit moany and groany sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you, Zim, and I, I can, uh, uh, you know, grumpy about things that I just shouldn't be grumpy about. Um, and I should just, you know, get up and be active and, and do things. And speaking to you, I feel like I'm ready to, to go and open my fast in a short while I don't know, go for a run. I, you know, I've been making an excuse for about the last couple of weeks that I've not been, not been going out to train. Um, and and I, I feel like I've got that desire 
You know, cricket season is starting soon for me. Speaking to you, you've given me that drive. Um, I appreciate that. So I, I, I can imagine how many people you're going to touch out there with your with your with your drive, with your story. Um, I wish you all the very best. If there's ever anything I can do to help you, I would love to do so. We, we'll all be looking out for you in the Olympics. I'll expect you to be top goal scorer in the competition. No pressure or anything like that. Um, and yeah, just have a have a stay on for one or two minutes afterwards. Don't 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 go off too quickly. But uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, um, and I wish you all the best, brother. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for the platform and and um, and for the opportunity and and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. It's been I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you, and and hopefully your listeners enjoy having uh, listened to our chat as well. I'm I'm sure they will do, brother. I'm sure they will do. Hang on for a second. <laughs>